could have like grown like a fourth ball, third and a fourth ball. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know whether <laughs> the third one you're like fourth. Oh, third <laughs> and fourth. <laughs> yeah. Is there something you're not uh, saying here in the story? Yeah, I already took one visit to uh, to the Ukraine. I think. <laughs> Jacob, three balls. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode three of Peak Performance with Paige. Uh, we're slowly progressing, we're slowly uh, moving through the episodes now. Um, episode three, I have an, a good friend from Twitter actually, uh, Jacob. Hello, Jacob. Hi, hi. Uh, yeah. You were one of the early Twitter followers uh, when I got Twitter only, what was that, two years ago? Yeah, I think it must have been something like that, maybe a year and a half. I can't remember exactly. We have a mutual friend, John, don't we? Yes, John. Um, And he's actually very interested in coming on. He he messaged me on Twitter and said, oh, I'd love to come on. Um, You... You like some of my tweets. I like some of your. You know, when you're like delivering based content, when it's it's peak based content and page, you've got to end up liking and following, retweeting every so often. Because otherwise, I mean, you have to spread the gospel of page. Well, we indeed we may uh, get into some gospel later. Some not singing. Some yeah. <laughs> we well well we may break into the. Um actual theology later as a um, side note i'm not at all trained in theology so um if i say something as an ex- it's accidentally heresy then um <laughs> i will happily leave the church uh i'll have a uh, aquinas on for episode four <laughs> to to fact check you we'll get like a react video from some unknown youtuber who just screams the entire time Making ad hominems. So we're all sorted. You got, uh, did you say you had a tea or a coffee on you and a squash? I have a tea, a squash, which for those who are not British and listening is, uh, it's just like a very, it's the nectar of the gods, really. I've got the orange and pineapple flavored squash. Ooh, yummy. I love it. It sends me straight back to my childhood. All those artificial, uh, preservatives and sweeteners getting pumped into my system shredded on uh, artificial goodness <laughs> um so we've got some stuff to talk about in this episode you where are you talking from are you in the north actually no so i'm i'm currently in uh my flat in in bath Mm. In, the, in the southwest of England, which is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've, no, it's the second time I've ever lived in a flat, which is perhaps not the most interesting of facts, but uh, it's fun. It means I get to like walk down multiple flights of stairs every day to get deliveries, etc. 
and I have the fun thing of my uh, my buzzer is connected to the flat below me, uh, and so whenever they get buzzed, I get buzzed at the same time. Mm. So Eduardo answers whenever I answer. It's like it's two guys on the phone at once. That's quite fun. Where are you from originally? The north of England. Uh, yeah, it depends what you define as north. I'm from I'm from Durham. Um, That's northern. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's in my opinion, sort of the north doesn't start until you get to like Darlington. So you know, mm. uh, I'm not gonna, we're not going to get into that <laughs> discussion uh, today because we might both end up getting cancelled uh, for get cancelled by ladies. northerners. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm from I'm from Durham. I don't sound like it. Never have sounded like it, unfortunately. Um, my brother has the most insane accent. He switches from a variety of accents, one of which is kind of northern. Uh, it normally depends on which girl he's dating at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a massive <laughs> accent change. It's quite funny to watch. <laughs> Scandalous. Um, so, and you go to university in... Bath. Yeah, I guess I'm at the University of Bath. I am in uh, my final year of German and politics. So this means that I'm surrounded by notes on my dissertation topic, which is super long, but the uh, Spark Notes version of it is just that I'm taking some novels and discussing communist East Germany. Ooh, the GDR. Good old GDR. Mm, I like their flag. <laughs> well, it's the wheat. You've got to eat that wheat. Yeah, exactly. Get that bread. Um, yeah, crazy country. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's one of those insane parts of history that you learn about and becomes this. It's almost like a a fly stuck in amber that you can then like look at. And, and sort of study afterwards it's really i find it fascinating uh, so yeah i think a lot of people don't angela merkel the german chancellor is east german right yeah she actually she grew up in eastern in like the communist east germany saxony or something yeah um, I, I think she's was she is she from mecklenburg or pommern Maybe mm. incorrect in that, but that's what I think. Uh, yeah. Um, so you're busy doing your dissertation. Yeah, I, I want joined up by books. Many books. I actually I did my dissertation a few years ago, and I remember once I started later than you did. I it was all sort of like in the last um, six weeks. I I woke up one morning actually surrounded in my bed by books. What was your topic? What was your question? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I was talking about Stalin and um, anti-Semitism. Oh, that's actually quite a funky topic. Yeah, a crazy guy, like the Doctor's Plot. Um, and I remember one night... I had been doing the dissertation the whole day in the library and I came back to my flat. And my housemates put on. There's that Hollywood film. Is it the death of? It's called like the death of Stalin, right? Yeah, yeah death of Stalin. And they said, "Oh, we're putting on a film. Do you want to watch it?" And I was like, "Yeah, maybe." 
And they're like, yeah, you can come unwind. Come watch this film with us. And I went down. The The living room was below the ground floor, if that makes sense. Yeah, like almost like a garden flat kind of. Yeah, so... Yeah, so... I go downstairs and they put on the death of Stalin and I was like, is this a joke? I've literally been looking at Stalin for about two weeks now. I'm not going to... So I went and stomped up to my bedroom. Oh man, you missed out. Did you actually watch the film at all? Have you seen it? I've never seen it, no. Is it good? Yeah, it's great. It's great. I, uh, yeah, I loved it. It's got lots of um, the characters, quite a few of them are English actors. Mm. There's a couple of like Russians with like Yorkshire accents. Mm. It's it's quite funny. Yorkshire's uh, colonizing the steppes. Well, you know, they were very prominent in the uh, the Communist Party. What Yorkshire man? Yeah. What in the Maybe. in the British Communist Party? No, just in all communist parties around the world. You just find them everywhere. <laughs> Shut up. Network of Yorkshiremen taking <laughs> over the world. JQ told me the other day. <laughs> Banter. Um the world is not controlled by Yorkshiremen, just to make that clear. Just Yorkshire conspiracy. <laughs> I used to have a, a joke with one of my friends that the the Welsh ruled the world. Um wow. and that got you know when like the in joke gets really elaborate. I was then like actively Googling stuff to give me confirmation by it was like a joke and then it it was a joke but it got quite deep so i was looking up like the welsh kings of england and like the tudors and stuff <laughs> wow that's <laughs> i had one time a friend of mine we had this really stupid thing where we invented this fictional character called janice mm. and janice then became the sort of the sole problem of all the world's issues it's with one of my austrian friends and uh yes if anything bad happened then it'd be like oh that was janice's fault oh poor janice janice was this like i remember that they actually originally stemmed from this documentary you watched on the like savannah in uh um in africa and this zebra basically led her entire like clan to die because she couldn't find any water or something. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite deep. And that's how Janice was born. It's like a phoenix in the ashes. Mm. A real redemption arc. Re- resurrected. <laughs> One of the, the main topics of our episode, Jacob, is quite would you say it's quite deep? I'd say it's the most, it's the shallowest topic that you could possibly pick, Harry. Well, the, I'm talking about like the Canada Gate. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It formed a pretty large part of my, uh, my 2020, I guess you could say. Everyone else was worrying about coronavirus, and I was here wondering about whether I was going to get let into Canada or not. Yeah, but uh, so if we we're not there's good bits and bad bits. It I think it ends on a very good note, right? Oh, I don't know. 
I really don't know. It's it's real mixed bag. <laughs> you're gonna no, get great. you're gonna get punched. You're gonna get punched on your end of the call. Um, yeah, I'm waiting for the sort of jujitsu move. Take me yeah. out. Karate chop. So for people who don't know, let's and this is a big story, right? This actually got into the Canadian media. This is actually, a news story. You are you're now presenting sort of news current affairs, Harry. Wow, unlike the unlike uh, the mainstream media. This is like just the Andrew Marr show now. Oh yeah. I'm like the hotter bearded Andrew Marr. <laughs> uh, so let's go back twelve months. You were in were you engaged? Yeah, so I'm gonna go even further back than twelve months. That's probably the okay. easiest way to do it. Yeah. Um, way back when, um, my okay. So actually, a pretty good place to start off with is the fact that I'm now married to Sarah, and she is amazing. Um, she sat across me with a gun, telling me to say this. So <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt. But <laughs> um, a long time ago, her parents started a church in Durham. Um, that my parents ended up going to. My parents ended up getting married and stuff. And uh. My, my parents became good family friends with Sarah's parents. Uh, and then one time, it was so 2019, we were both single, having to both be single at the same time. And Sarah went to her mum uh, and was like, mum, sick of being single, but I'm also sick of dating. Uh, do, you, do you know anyone who might be free? Mm. Uh, which is always a promising start, you know. She's trying all of the avenues. Now she's going through the mother. Um, arranged my name, marriage. Well, it's, it's like arranged marriage, except, I mean, there's no coercive effect. I guess that's what you could call it. Arrangement without coercion. I feel like that's some sort of like plea in a, in a trial. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, Sarah ended up messaging me um, in the middle of June, last, uh, 2019 now. And we just started talking. We ended up having lots of Skype calls. Um, and like stupidly long Skype calls, Harry. I mean, these are like six to eight hour long Skype calls. Mm, wow. I know. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing with my time, seriously. Um, and anyway, she came over in September 2019. Uh, she saw her family down in London and then came up to Durham to be with me for a little bit because uh, I was between jobs and we had an amazing time and we decided to get married uh, I went off to work in Austria because I was having my year abroad for my degree and in February or no, January, end of January of 2020 I proposed and spent a week in Canada just over a week in Canada she said yes of course I mean I got in, I was like stupidly tired because it was obviously a, tra- it's just, Sarah's Canadian. I feel like I didn't explain that. She's Canadian. So <laughs> I had a transatlantic flight to get to her. And um, when I arrived, I was not in a good state. She, she could have like refused me and I would not have blamed her. I mean, I looked a bit of a shocker. Uh, and so we, uh, we said yes. No one in the airport clapped. Maybe one person clapped. Uh, and then I went and had Tim Hortons, which Ooh. is 
an excellent Canadian tradition. Well, not tradition, maybe just Canadian thing. We had uh, coffee and donuts. And that's the okay. best way to start your engagement. And when were you meant to get, when was the, did you have a date in mind? Like summer 2020? Yeah, we decided to go a year after we had started, first started talking. Um, so it was the end of June, June 27th, 2020, which incidentally is actually the pretty much the same date as my friend who's getting married in this summer. He's got a, his wedding, which is going to be pretty much the same date, which is kind of insane. Um, but yeah, we were planning on having our wedding on the 27th of June, 2020. Uh, and then in March, well, you know, this small C word happens. Mm. I don't know if you're saying it on the podcast. Are we the dreaded C it? word. The dreaded C words struck. Um, and Canada was then like, you know, when you have um, crabs or like a hermit crab. And they like retreat right into their shell. Mm. Where as soon as you like, you like poke it with a stick and it's like, mm-hmm. that's what Canada was like. Uh, and for the first like two months, they didn't let anyone who wasn't Canadian into their country. So you could have been married to a Canadian and it wouldn't have made a difference the first two months. Mm. Um, was there a lot of covid in the country to start off with i don't think there was that much covid they were just it was it was during that time when there was a massive panic yeah it was like a moral panic almost wasn't it that i remember people were like basically assaulting each other over toilet roll and stuff you know it, it's when it comes down to it, it comes down to the vital things and toilet roll is one of those super important things mm. you don't have your toilet roll then you can eat it, you can drink it. <laughs> New recipe on Facebook is vegan meat this time. It's yeah. toilet roll. Kale and toilet roll. <laughs> Sashimi rolls with uh, toilet roll instead of seaweed. Um, so, but there's, there's an added element to this, right? It's not just that you were kept apart. No, so we were, so we were kept apart for like the first few months. Like that was the one issue we had. Um, and Sarah is also half British, um, thanks to her amazing mum. And so the plan was for was to ship her over here um, to make so that it sound like a bit of a commodity, doesn't it? To uh, fly her over here, um, <laughs> and we would do a service in the UK. Uh, unfortunately, uh, at the end of May, she found a lump on her neck. Mm. And we decided to get it uh, to prod around and see what it was. All her blood came back fine. Everything seemed to be okay until they had a biopsy. And then it wasn't until the beginning of July that the biopsy came back. And they were like, hey, it's cancer. And it is not nice. No. So we had that. We were on. Uh, we were actually on call at the time when she received. So we were like video calling. Um, we used Discord quite a lot. I don't know why we used Discord quite a lot, but we did back in the day. And um, we were just calling. And then she gets the phone call from the the doctor. He's like, "Yeah, it's cancer." And man, that is probably one of those like 
roughest like times ever. Mm, because you're not, I mean, you're not with the your partner either, are you? No, that's the. I mean, that's one of the issues. You sort of, and there's only there's only so much you can do with a, a text message or a couple of words over a video call. You know, it's not a hug, is it? No, it's not. It's it's not a hug. It is uh, quite opposite. Quite the opposite of a hug. This is one of the most frustrating things that we found at the beginning of. Uh, the C word, P word. Um, I don't know. If, are we saying pandemic? Is that? I guess I just said it. But it sounds quite dramatic. It says it's quite Hollywood, isn't it? C word, P word, and um, though everyone was saying that it's going to be fine, you can Zoom call your other halves. Why are you complaining? You've got it good, actually. Um, oh. And yeah. We, we had some of those people in our DMs and in our replies. Um, and obviously, we were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's really not great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had then, we started properly fighting to be together. Uh, so How did you go with. about that? How did that manifest itself? So we went and uh, we beat up various politicians, um, <laughs> paid the mafia until they did what we wanted them to do. Uh, and then <laughs> we, we decided that, um, or Sarah started writing letters, um, handwriting letters. She just motioned that she wanted to mention that. So she would handwrite letters every single day, uh, postage to your MP and to the prime minister and ministers is free in Canada. So she could keep writing letters all day long. Um, she sent letters to Prime Minister, to her local MP, to the Minister for Public Health, the Minister um, for Foreign Affairs, all those who was, guys. Who was helpful? Was there anyone like in particular that was like you know, useful in the Canadian government or? In the Canadian government, no. Mm. Um, they were only, luckily, her MP uh, was an amazing guy, uh, and he uh, advocated for us in Parliament. So Sarah got her name mentioned like six times in total in Parliament, whether by the uh, shadow uh, my immigration secretary uh, minister or by her MP himself. Um, so they started discussing our case in the uh, in the chamber in the house of commons in ottawa mm-hmm. which is funky um but we always got the same non-answers you know politicians are great at, at like deflecting and giving non-answers mm-hmm. um but they like we, we'll look into it well it wasn't no it wasn't even like we'll look into it it was we're doing this for the safety of canadians and um mm. you have to keep the borders closed I mean, the, and we had at that point developed a very thorough plan for people coming in to. So we joined this advocacy group. It's called um, Faces of Advocacy, um, connected with sort of the Love Is Not Tourism uh, movement in uh, sort of online. And they had developed a full plan in, uh, uh, they had uh, chatted with various health professionals 
uh, and other experts to, to come up with this plan, which involved a two-week quarantine. Um, and we were just ignored for a long, long time. That's rough. Um, and I remember seeing you just tweet about it, tweet sort of quite raw emotions about waiting, basically. Yeah, that was, I mean, for us, it was the complete sense of the unknown. Um, at that time, we still hadn't, had, we still didn't have a clear picture of what Sarah's cancer was like, what was going to be her treatment going forward. Um, mm. Eventually, she did have her uh, operation in in August, uh, which went successfully, and it's probably one of the best operations I've ever heard of. Um, and but that went, but that those few days when she was in hospital were also like stupidly rough. Because Sarah was off her face on on drugs, she was incredibly alone, um, and I couldn't do anything. So we were sort of. I had to look up a bit more of the fight, for a little bit, um, but that was the our issue was that it was a constant fight with the Canadian government. It still is a constant fight with the Canadian government. <laughs> oh really. Um, yeah, I can get into it a bit later once I've finished sort of our yeah, part sure. of the story. Um, they just, I mean, the, the issue is, is that I've written about it um, before in other places, that there's a, sometimes you need a sort of blanket policy. Um, but after a few months, there's a real need for an almost scalpel-like policy that is very... Um, particular that is very focused and in the case of the Canadian government they just seem to be quite belligerent with the rules they put in place so when did you so the operation was when operation was in August uh, middle of August she was in hospital for a few days. And then by this point, I had moved into our flat in Bath and was just sort of waiting around. Mm. Um, and then my term started. Well, actually, no. First thing that happened uh, was September went by. And September was not a fun month. Um, I'm sure it wasn't fun for many people. Um, it was particularly unfun for us. And then, really cool. So we had these like months. At that point, we'd been advocating for these for like half a year. Um, we hadn't seen each other for around eight months. Um, and then on my birthday, the uh, Sarah gets a phone call from Marco Mancino, who is the uh, Minister for Immigration, um, who tells her that she's going to have, he's going to be announcing something that she'll like. Ooh. Uh, so she mentions it's my birthday and we get a shout out. Uh, as they announced the process for applications for extended family to come into Canada, mm. which is kind of cool. Um, and yeah, that was probably a really cool birthday present. It was all—it sucked that it took so long for us to get to that point. 
<laughs> How many months is it? Is it like six months or? We had been apart by that point uh, around eight months. Mm. Even though we'd only intended to be apart for about four months, maybe five months. And we were apart for eight months. Um, and it was around, um, yeah, so that was it. And then I get the announcement. Then two weeks later, oh, Sarah's telling me it's been, it was 245 days we spent apart. Oh no, she's got it. She's got it down to the day. Down to the day. Clearly, that's, I mean, she did, she did make a big sign with it on, to be fair. Um, mm. And so then we waited, I think it was maybe, was it a week or two weeks ago? 10 days, she says, 10 days. Um, we waited 10 days until um, they finally accepted my application. Even that was a push because they were really slow. They hadn't hired enough people. At the start of the pandemic, the uh, the public health body in Canada was still using fax machines and hadn't upgraded to email. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> so we were... <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> so that we we got allowed in. Um, I was the first person with this um, exemption to cross the border. The border guards recognized me. We had a nice little chat. Obviously, I was sweating profusely because I was so stressed they wouldn't let me in. Because <laughs> so I was the first one to come across. This sweaty, sweaty Englishman coming over. Yeah. So, All right, Governor, please can you let me in your country? Got a license for that. Uh... <laughs> I got out on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but they. <laughs> They let me across, and I um, and then we drove to Sarah's house, and there was a big media moment, which Ooh. was filmed and televised, etc. Um, and then I quarantined for two weeks, and then we got married. Yes. So yeah. So tell me about the marriage. That must have been. Is that the best day of your life so far? You basically have to say yes, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's arrival with my birthday when they let me across. Um, but it was, uh, it is, it was an insane day, such a good day. Um, we had uh, all of Sarah's family, well, most of Sarah's family there. Um, she has a sister who lives in London, who obviously couldn't go across. But we had most of the family. Um, my family, unfortunately, couldn't come across. Mm. Um, so we had to put on the live stream. And the stressful thing was the live stream link didn't work. So we had to make a whole new live stream link to send to people. Um, but no, it was an amazing day. Uh, we had so much generosity from the local community in Stratford, uh, which is where Sarah was living at the time, who donated free cakes, free decorations, um, free hair, makeup, etc. cetera. Um, it, was a, it was an insane insane time and then did you both go back to bath yeah so we waited a couple of months for sarah to finish her treatment so she had to have a radioactive iodine mm. pill or a drink it was like a yogurt you know there's like fruits yeah you had to have like a fruit almost of radioactive iodine oh um 
it's kind of funky if you think that's, about it. That's got mixed imagery. I'm not sure because if you say a frube, like I, that sounds quite nice. Yeah, I think but then it it, was... with Ray, I like I'm getting mixed mixed <laughs> images there in my head. I'm not sure whether to be repulsed or yeah, they they made it with the strawberries from Chernobyl, so it would be uh, <laughs> shut <laughs> up, <laughs> Joker. But, she, uh, yeah, she had this just little drink. I don't think it tasted too bad. I don't think it tasted of anything really. It's got um, a tasty yonkin. <laughs> obscure sort of Icelandic yogurt. Just mm, yummy. Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she had to have that. And then she had to go into quarantine, which normally it would have been like, oh, this is awful. She has to go into quarantine. But it's just become part of everyday life since the since the c word you know mm. and quarantining with your like new wife that's not too bad right? oh no i didn't quarantine with her when she took the radioactive bio when she took the radioactive iodine otherwise i could have like grown like a fourth ball third and a fourth ball oh um, <laughs> yeah i don't know whether <laughs> the third one you're like fourth oh third and fourth <laughs> yeah. is there something I you're not uh saying here in the story <laughs> Yeah, I already took one visit to uh, to the Ukraine. I don't Jacob, three balls. <laughs> if you like, you know, you know, Gavin and Stacey, where uh, Pam has three steaks. She's mm. like, I don't want to be known as three steaks, Pam. <laughs> three balls, Jacob. I think, that's, I think that's what I want to be known as. But yeah, we, uh, she ended up quarantining there, finishing that treatment, and then we had to come over and quarantine in the UK in our flat so okay. we got a lot of quarantining a lot multiple of it's like quarantine inception quarantines within quarantines quarantine inception that's, mm. that's what it should be we uh we're, we're pros now we're pros of the the quarantine mm. um so that was a massive roller coaster um, yeah and obviously, like, I wasn't, I'm not in the story. I'm a bystander in the story. But just literally following it from social media, it was not clear in the spring or summer that you would be able to get married last year. Yeah, it was totally, I mean, this was part of the issue we had. We had no clarity on anything. Um it, it very it uncertain yeah and i mean i don't i mean you can't blame you can't blame governments for not being for not knowing for certain what's going to happen but it was uh yeah a bit insane that there's especially in canada um mm. they've been really plagued by a lack of planning and a lack of forethought so canada is currently quite low in terms of um vaccine and vaccine take-up uh because oh. They didn't order soon enough. So, for example, um, my sister-in-law Anna, her husband Chris, got a got the jab because he's because he's asthmatic. Mm. He got the jab even though he's like thirty-five before Sarah's eighty-five-year-old, eighty-eight-year-old grandpa, who has lung issues. Mm. It's kind of, it's like insane where the UK is compared to Canada on that. Because well, Canada sh- just didn't think to 
buy preemptively. Um, which one do they get? Which vaccine are they using? They're using both Pfizer and AstraZeneca, mm. but they don't really have any production facilities in the country. So they're reliant on buying it from other places. Lazy um, leaves. I mean, lazy leaves. I don't think I could put it any better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they. Um, but they, this has been an issue with the Canadian government since the beginning. Really, they haven't planned. They haven't really thought much, um, and they've been kind of just reacting to things rather than being proactive. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, there was a story, we're doing quite a lot of C-word chat, but like, obviously it's directly relevant to the story. Um, there was somebody in the, was there like a celebrity recently in the UK who was saying that, I can't remember who it was. Was it Joe Wiley? Yeah, Joe Wiley, her sister has a learning difficulty or something, right? Yeah, because an actual learning disability. I remember, sorry, I completely because they were talking about this on Radio Five Live. Okay. And how we confuse the terms difficulty and disability. Oh, okay. And and disabilities are um, much more severe, basically. And so her sister, I think, is has a learning disability, mm. and then wasn't get got the vaccine after her, which was insane. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole thing has been screwed up, right? Um, Did you see the story of the um, uh, people with educational disabilities not getting, uh, being like, do not resuscitated? So, yeah, like, it, that was that dark. Was, it was so bad. Um, you're a Christian, aren't you, Jacob? I am. I am. <laughs> Confess. <laughs> um, <laughs> did your faith like help you? Did that come into it at all? Yeah, I mean, it's the one thing that keeps me going pretty much anyway. Um, but, it, but it was definitely what kept me going through the, the whole ordeal was this well, knowledge, A, that there was something bigger um going on but mainly that there is a, a spiritual comfort that comes from knowing jesus mm. um and sort of his comforting power which is kind of really it's, it's amazing um sometimes i i really wonder how people without any faith get by <laughs> every day um because i'm so dependent well, you, I mean, you say get by. I reckon there's like a lot of people who, you know, they get through like a lot of cigarettes or they do a lot of drinking or something. And that's like how they get by is they're either really busy at work or when they have time to think they're getting plastered and watching TV. Maybe. Um, Maybe. So what church... We're gonna we're going into church factions here. You're reformed. Yeah, so I, I would probably come under there's like a, a small umbrella of theology known as um reformed charismatic Christianity. 
Oh, that sounds, sounds quite hipstery, man. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> but it, it sounds a bit, I think, uh, I think some people, if they know their theology, would probably hear that as a bit of a contradiction in terms. Um, mm. But it's a really funky little, um, I mean, I find it the most sort of inspiring and eye-opening um, way of thinking about Christianity. Uh, my, so the, I'm part of Dakota Church, which is part of the New Frontiers network of churches, um, who, which is, yeah, it's a small church. Uh, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, uh, but New Frontiers was sort of born out of the, what's called the British New Church Movement, I think it was called, which started uh, in the post-war era. Um, of people sort of um, developing charismatic theology um, and New Frontiers itself was perhaps on the more um, was the more reformed slash kind of conservative end of that charismatic uh, revival during that time. Okay. Um... I was baptised into the Church of England. Yeah. But I... And I had that really... I, but I didn't really go to church. I had that annoying... Like, key stage three. So this is like 13-year-old. Like, Dawkins. I am very smart. God <laughs> is a fairy thing. There always seems. I think. I think people often go through one of those phases. Mm. Like I think it's definitely it was those kind of um, experiences, but like a big part of internet culture, especially on YouTube during sort of mm-hmm. the late two thousands, early twenty tens. Tips for Dora. Yeah, my lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what an absurd part of internet history. Well, it's really funky. You see those people either sort of became progressive and then mm. faded into obscurity, or you had people who became super right wing. The Crusaders. <laughs> and, <laughs> and ended up becoming like, for example, like they started debating things like feminism. Um, and then they went, they took it even further and started like, I remember watching debates of people like, is Sargon of the Cant? Oh yeah, ran as his name's Carl Benjamin. He ran for UKIP in like the twenty nineteen European elections. He was cancelled, like, wasn't he? For yeah, that's because making he's horrible like, jokes. He's actually awful. <laughs> <laughs> but that seems to be like the two paths that you could go down if you were like a skeptic during uh, they sort of that period of internet history. You either chose to become progressive and sort of became a non-entity in, in terms of sort of the internet or you just became a fash and yeah there's no in between <laughs> no <laughs> um my mum it's this is really interesting my maternal grandparents were in the high church mm-hmm. and then i think i might have said this on twitter and then they converted to be catholic Okay. Papists. 
And um, <laughs> and so my mum was basically brought up Catholic, um, mm-hmm. and she went to a Catholic school. Um, um, but yeah, now I'm sort of getting. I uh, now I have like the RE teacher vibes of like. Uh, I find it quite interesting. I mean, like the whole history and politics of Christianity is super interesting as a sort of a study as of its in its own right. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Especially when it comes to sort of British church history, etc. The C of E. Yeah, the C of E. <laughs> Henry was Henry VIII was a Catholic, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think Henry VIII maintained. You gotta understand, the Church of England didn't really become properly Protestant until sort of maybe Cranmer came along. I'm gonna get like rebutted by people on this, but um, cancel Jacob, cancel Jacob for his lack of C of E history. Idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm completely anathema. I'm gonna throw it out. Stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, and he'll be like, "Oh, you thought the wrong reformer started the proper reformation in the Church of England." I'm sorry, Jake. I have to let you go. You are oh, the weakest no. link. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> but yeah, see, I think what's important to understand is that the Church of England is a really weird entity. That's mm. in my brain. It's always been weird, and I think in terms of you, know, when you look at it today, it's a really weird amalgamation of various things but the broader anglican church has like branches in africa which have almost like splintered right over well you see i don't know i I think there's an issue over um female ordination yeah Um, but also, I don't know if you recently saw there was a, a spat between the Archbishop of Canterbury and the primate of Nigeria over Ooh, homosexuality. Um, and they were, because you've got to understand that African uh, mainstream uh, Christians, so people mainly in the Methodist churches or in the Anglican churches, are much more conservative. Yeah. Um, Western. Uganda. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it comes to uh, a lot of the English Church of England, but also places, things like the Episcopalian Church, um, those Anglican, Eng- Anglo, basically Anglo Anglicans are generally a lot more liberal than African Anglicans. Yeah, African churches are more trad. I'm not sure if they're like more trad. Maybe they are more trad, but they're more conservative. Oh, oh, that's interesting. So you can be m- modernist and conservative. I think, yeah. So like you can be. So like there are lots of. So there's the whole um, sea of. What is it? What's it called? There's a the the Church of England set up a new bishop a couple of yeah a few years ago to oversee low church so evangelical anglicans who were also conservative mm. so then they like protested female ordination and all these things 
Um, so it's possible to be low church Anglican and conservative mm. in your theology in general. The plot but thickens. Trans. But it, this is a very interesting point. You see lots of fish on Twitter. You see lots of Anglo-Catholics who are probably ostensibly quite high church. You end up being quite liberal. Yes. It's not, it's not so clear cut between if you're high church, you're automatically super conservative. And if you're low church, you're super liberal. Often there's a big mix between the strands within the Church of England. Very interesting. I had the, what was the name of the previous archbishop? Uh, Rowan. Yeah. Justin Welby is the current guy. Rowan Williams, I think, was the previous archbishop. Is he the one? There was a pic. There was a video of him, like where there's like a cat. He's doing a sermon or something in the garden during COVID, and there's like a catto that he's hanging out with. I don't know whether it was. I don't know if it's either of those, but there was definitely a. I think it was a Catholic priest who had a cat that sort of like went underneath his garments. Mm. There was, yeah, I think there was a Catholic priest giving a, a what did they call them? It's not a sermon. Do they have a special name for it? Anyway, they were giving this little chat, and they, the cat just sort of wandered over. Disappears. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I saw it as like a silly meme video where it then like cut to like loads of. It was like the TARDIS, and like <laughs> all there's like all these cats like raving or something. Yeah, I think that's definitely <laughs> underneath uh, his um, clothes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I I bought a good book in college called "The History mm-hmm. of Christianity." Do you know that one? Uh, I am pretty sure there must be lots of books called The History of Christianity. <laughs> this was the first ever book on the history of Christianity circa 2013. <laughs> I can't believe it. it took them so long to develop the history. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> who wrote it? Who's, you know. Who is uh, Peter? Never heard of him. Oh, okay. St. Peter, St. Peter. Oh, I'm so stupid sometimes, you know. Making People a... just like say, I'm just like, sometimes things just go over my head. Yeah. You know, I, take, I take German, so sometimes like I would just understand something quite literally. Mm. And you just be like, it's quite straight up flies over my head. The Germans. I like that German. Uh, do you do there's that like one German comedian who's actually quite funny? The one who's always on all the British comedy shows. Exactly, that guy. I know who you mean. I don't know his name, but I know who you mean. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been to I've been to Cologne. I liked that. And I've been to Munich, and that was also nice. I uh, lived just outside of Munich for during the summer in 2019. Ooh. I lived in a, a pretty little uh, suburby kind of village about 20 minutes outside. Of Cologne, cozy Bavarian. It's nowhere near Bavaria, mate. I'm sorry. What Munich? I said Cologne. Oh, sorry, my bad. I also live just outside of Munich. 
as well. That was a cozy little just outside of Munich. Yeah, yeah. Something that I've lived in both. Getting my uh, lander completely mixed up there. <laughs> um, in Munich, I this is a story. Um, the in there's like an English garden right in Munich. Yeah, and it's like is am I right? I mean, I should be right in saying it's like a nudist place. I I wouldn't. I don't think if the I don't think the English Garden is necessarily nudist. There might be people who go around in very little clothing. I just, well, there were na- we were me and my friends were in Munich and we were walking through one of the parks and there were like naked people there. That's completely possible. Uh, the the Germans have quite a good, uh, well not quite good, but they have quite a, a, a big. Um, it's called Freikörper culture, which is like free body culture, literally translated, and um, they're very much into their nudity. Yeah, crazy. But me being like eighteen, I was walking through, and like it was quite scary. But I was hoping there would be like. Somebody fit like a like a German like <laughs> like eighteen year old girl, but they were all like you can just picture it, Jake. Well, I mean, don't picture it, but they're all like sixty year old men just like walking around. It's it's all just like moving around. They're all like old. No offense to old people, uh, and oh, I was devastated. There was it wasn't what the PR should really say. It, it would go as it was quite scarring it always just tends to be old people who are really interested in that kind of thing and old men yeah no thanks mate Uh (laughs) so yeah i wouldn't funnily enough this might be um liable to i'm gonna say allegedly um my local mp bernard jenkin is a nudist in minecraft Bernard Jenkin, my M- my member of parliament. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a nudist, but in Minecraft. That's what you got to say. That's what you got to say to save yourself. Oh, is this like it's a, a new, Minecraft meme? Allegedly, yeah, it's a new form of allegedly. You just got to say whatever it is in Minecraft. Oh, am I behind the times here? Yeah. So, so just for this discrepancy, I'm going to come and burn down your house in Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft. Hey, come on. It's how I vicariously live my agrarian uh, dreams. Yes, we don't really have... I'm not sure when we started recording. Was it ten past the hour? Quarter past? Yeah, it's just that day. Yeah. I'm not sure. Should we squeeze in a little bit of um, based Luddite posting... <laughs> agrarian factories are rubbish talk so <laughs> i don't really know why you want to take this but um <laughs> uh i am very much a big fan of the writer uh wendell barry i don't know if you've heard of wendell barry before no uh, he's this amazing uh writer Basically, he writes non-fiction, he writes essays, like political essays, but he also writes fiction, poetry. Um, but he's basically a farmer in Kentucky. Um, when? He, what now? Now, still, he's still living. Go on. Mainly writing during the 
post-war era. Um, so mainly in the 70s, 80s, but also 90s and still today, he's still writing. Um, and his basic premise is that agriculture and the rural life is good for you. Um, and in, basically industrialism is not good. That's his main thesis. Are we binning the Industrial Revolution? Essentially, yeah, just been the Industrial Revolution. Now, I've been, I've gone into arguments on Twitter about this before, and I'm not saying, I'm, I have to admit, there is, there are some good things that have come from the Industrial Revolution. Like Medicine. Medicine, many forms of more sort of liberal governance, etc. Democracy, as we know it today, came from that. Cheeky uh, trains, choo-choo. Trains, I'm a big fan of trains, just not HS2. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, bun HS2. Although, for the John episode, which I'm now building up hype for, mm-hmm. our good friend John, who's listening in now, and he's thinking, oh, no, he's, being, he's getting dunked on in his own absence. When I have him on, we're going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to throw hands over this because he um, he likes HS2. Oh, he likes HS2. Oh, it's not man. very based, is it? That's very cringe. Unbased. Cringe and unbased. Moist. Like posting. That's what he needs. Um. Yeah. But yeah. So the whole idea is that um, by replacing. We've tried to make things into machines and we've replaced ourselves with machines. Oh, and in no. doing so, we've also lost our connection to the land, etc. That's his general argument. Have you ever... Um, I take it you've been out in the outdoors. When you pick up soil and smell it, like fresh, wet soil. I haven't done that before, but I know the smell of fresh wet soil. The earthy, the earthy smell. It smells the nice. The earthy smell is the best. It's one of the best smells I think you can have. There's some just, it's just a solid. It's a good, it's a good smell. Like good with capital G. <laughs> he sniff. Um, <laughs> but have you, you know, there's also like when it's been raining on grass, that's a nice smell. Yes, I think also the best, one of the best smells is, I love farm smells. I, I mean, I, I don't know what it farm is. Farm smells? Farm smells, like a good farm. Uh, okay. <laughs> Farms just smell of poo. No, but it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's a good smell. What, like, like cow poo? Like the whole, no, 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 just the, the whole farm in general, like all of the machinery, the... Yeah, I'll just I'll uh, I'll be going on one of my um, daily government mandated walks through the countryside, and I'll see you like sniffing a tractor <laughs> or something. This <laughs> so, like one of those like my what is it insane actions or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, the, uh, the people who TV. are into like really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But I wow. Yeah. Very quickly before we wrap it up with conclusions, um, Ted Pilled, how do you feel about um, Ted Kaczynski and um, uh, industrial society and its consequences? 
<laughs> have you have you given I, it a read? Because I want to. I want to. I actually... haven't given. I haven't did. I haven't given Ted Kaczynski a read mainly because Ted Kaczynski. I completely. I, I obviously we disavow. Um, I mean, disavow. yes, yes. <laughs> I kind of forget uh, that, like. He... <laughs> Ted is a terrorist. We just... yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't just be like, yeah, he's a good guy. No, no, wow, he's a bad guy. Like, there are so many. There are, yeah, we we're not. All... I'm not Ted Pills. I'm definitely not Ted Pills. Let me just say this, Jacob. For all the um, police and uh, federal investigation. Uh, bodies listening in we do we do uh disavow terrorism we don't we don't stand the uh unabomber wait a second i can hear a knock on the door what is this oh no it's the <laughs> fbi they've come for me <laughs> oh lord no, no obviously the theory obviously i mean the issue with a lot of um what and trim theory is return to monk monkey is that, that it just doesn't it's just bad <laughs> mm. and film is bad okay <laughs> um i probably call myself probably closer to like agrarian anarchism which is slightly more developed but like and prim would just end up with lots of deaths yeah um and i mean and it's sort of i mean Again, it's not nuanced enough to just be like, yeah, all uh, the whole entirety of the Industrial Revolution was bad. No, there were parts of the Industrial Revolution that were good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, right. As usual, lots to, lots to consider in the episode. Yeah, and the prevent program. Please don't put me on prevent. <laughs> Jokes. Um, so yeah, so we've done um, agrarian, sort of rural um, philosophy. We've done the Canada Gate. You, by the way, just to. Um, you said that you were still having problems with the Canadian government. Yeah, so there are still so the Canadian government has decided to quickly change track again. The Canadian government uh, has reinstituted stricter border measures. You have to get a bunch of tests before you go. You have to quarantine for a number of days. Um, you have to pay. You, first of all, you have to quarantine for three days while you find out your test results. And they charge you like $2,000. Mm. That is mandated stay in a hotel. Um, we've seen people get underfed in these hotels. People oh God! Been, um, they took the locks, the dead locks, off the doors, and there's been women who have suffered uh, SA um, because of. Do you, you know what I mean when I say that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they've been SA'd because they've not had locks in their doors, and men have just come in. Um, it's very dark yeah. it's awful and the issue one of the things was it was raised by MPs in the house and the ministers 
and the deputy prime minister were basically like, you shouldn't travel. Ah. It's just complete sort of victim blaming. Um, yeah. Mental. The the Leafs are off in a while. I mean, we know that the Prime Minister is certainly an interesting character. The Prime Minister, honestly, the Prime Minister is the epitome of born into high political power, but actually being a complete doofus. He is a person of colour, to be fair. Honest. <laughs> so, I mean, he might be a doofus, but he's Canada's first uh, black prime minister. <laughs> I mean, the insane thing is that there are people who work in cabinet with him who are practicing Sikhs and have yeah, to that's wear the army guy, right? And everything. The defense yeah. minister. Well, he's one of the ministers, um, and they have the. I just don't understand how you could work with Trudeau. Um, yeah. Hey ho, it is what it is. Uh, it's been yes, great- well, you can hope for. It's been great to talk to you too, Harry. This was our first ever Zoom slash phone call slash audio actual conversation. Yeah. It's, it's been great. Um, surprisingly uh, light-hearted, actually. Quite yeah, si- quite silly and jovial. Well, I mean, I feel like you're not truly British if you aren't able to, to take stupidly dark subject matter and joke mm. about it. Have you had your squash? I'm halfway through the squash. I had the tea. I'm halfway through the squash. Going to start hitting the, the sugar buzz soon as it's all main lines into my blood. Have you got any um, lectures or anything this afternoon? I have a seminar on German film. German film? We're covering East German anti-fascist film. Ooh, that sounds interesting. It's funky. It's funky. I had to watch a film about communists in uh, Buchenwald, the uh, concentration. Oh, Lord, that's quite deep. Yeah, it was kind of insane. Right, yeah, light, light watching, light viewing. It, it definitely, it's a sort of like just daytime entertainment that you really you need at the moment. Netflix. <laughs> what are you watching at the moment on Netflix? Well, my, I do you know. Uh, I'm not watching anything at the moment on Netflix. I started watching last night. It's called like Falling Down. Have you seen that? No. It's a guy who's stuck in a traffic jam and then. I think he... I started watching it, but then stopped. I think he goes on, like, a crazy rampage because he... He's, like, one of those, like, situation absurdist things where he's, like... He's stuck in, like, a hot traffic jam. And, like, it cuts to, like, all the people, like, chewing food, like, really noisily in their cars. And, you know, like, close-ups of people's, like, lips. And... Like people sweating and and like it keeps cutting back to him and he's like getting progressively more angry and he runs. But I'm not watching any um TV show. I want to get my parents into Breaking Bad this weekend because they've never seen it. 
I, I have never seen Breaking Bad either. Oh, I like it. It's yeah. aged very well compared to um, Game of Thrones, which aged terribly. Tonight, it's really fun. It seems to be this sort of complete roll of the dice as to what age as well. Well, I mean, mate, Game of Thrones aged terribly. Heroes, did you ever watch Heroes? No. Oh, <laughs> if you watch like season one of Heroes and maybe season two, that was quite yeah. good. But American shows have a habit of um, going down the toilet snowballing past like the office UK it was yeah. meant to be a fly on the wall a TV crew are just recording the office oh, dynamics okay. mm-hmm. and then in the US version it's clearly not a fly on the wall show it's just like set in an office because it goes on for like seasons and seasons I'm a big fan of the US office so I think that is a good place to wrap up the Episode three, mate. Excellent. Very controversial comment. That's probably the most <laughs> controversial comment. That's more controversial than the 30 seconds where it looked like I was endorsing terrorism. <laughs> I'm going to get... It's going to come after me for saying that. <laughs> yeah, the FBI will arrest you for that, mate. Anyway, it's been really good to talk to you. Great to talk to you, too. <laughs> Thank you.